feel free to join us in this prelude if you wish or just meditate and talk to your neighbor but we're gonna continue
Remember, he is risen. Isn't that good news? I am so glad you're here with us this morning. Before we continue this amazing time of worship, I do have a couple of announcements for you. First off, thank you so much for pray, praying all week. There were so many groups that went away on missions trips. We're so thankful they're all home. Mission accomplished. Just the fact that they could go all around, United States, Mexico, and minister and change lives and spread the word of Jesus is really good news too. So thank you for praying. Also, ladies, don't forget, April 16, there's still more of you that need to come to me because finally Clutter Free with Kathy Lip is coming. You won't want to miss it. Call me in my office, call me at home, track me down. I will get you a ticket. I'm super excited about this, as you can see. So tickets will continue to be on sale for a couple of weeks, so make sure you find me and I will get you a ticket. And if you're new this morning, I want to take this opportunity to welcome you. If you could just raise your hand, we have a packet of information for you. And in the back is a communication card. If you could just fill that out and place it in the offering plate, that just lets us know how we can serve you. And I love Easter, I love everything about it. I love the time with family, I love Easter brunch. But most of all, I love the fact that we can say he is risen, he is alive. It changes everything for us. So let's just worship the Lord now. Thank you, Christine. Uh, we've been in a series on the Psalms, learning to sing in the desert, looking at the Psalms of David, and I wanted to share a Psalm from Psalm 32 that really is very appropriate and looks forward to what we're celebrating today. Uh, David writes this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And I uh, just want to do a little word association game with you because I've been struck by how sometimes translations will cause us to lose the power of a passage because words change in how they're used in cultures. And um, when you hear the word blessed, blessed, what's the first word you think of? How many of you think happy? A few. That's what that word meant. The Hebrew word asher is happy. And the King James used the word blessed, and blessed meant happy in that 16th century culture. In, in our, 1600s, sorry, um, but in our culture, a blessed tends to mean sort of holy or shown favor, uh, but we lose track of the core, of the, the thrust of that word, that God's truth should change our emotions, that happy is the one who knows these truths. And the New Revised Standard Version uh, corrects that. Here's the New Revised as opposed to the Revised. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Uh, when the angel comes announcing the birth of Christ, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you great news of great joy. For all the people, not just great truth or great opportunity or great impact. The thrust of it is there is great joy. So if you would stand, Psalm 34, another Psalm of David, says this, and this is an invitation to all of us. Oh, taste and see. Try me, the Lord says. Try me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy is the man who takes refuge in him. Thank you. 
someone next to you and welcome them this morning. Again, David, in the Psalms, as he sings, no matter what crisis he happens to be in, um, he recognizes that the state that the Lord intends him to be in is one of joy. And in Psalm 51, he prays this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He understands that it is a gift from God that sustains him and gives him the spirit that desires to follow him 
and allows him to experience happiness no matter what his circumstance is. Uh, Paul, at the end of 1 Corinthians, writes this and is concluding his whole chapter speaking about the resurrection and the fact that this is not all there is, that these bodies will be raised to life. And because of that, he says this surprising statement. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And N.T. Wright, theologian from England, uh, writes this about this passage. He says, how does believing in the future resurrection lead to getting on with work in the present? The point of the resurrection is that the present bodily life is not valueless just because it will die. God will raise it to new life. What you do with your body in the present matters because God has a great future in store for it. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, playing the piano. He didn't say that, but that's in there. <laughs> Loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. It doesn't just end here. This is just the beginning once his life has entered ours. Um, it's amazing. In Luke 145, uh, the, the angel speaking of Mary's condition after she's found out that she is going to be the one who bears the Lord. Uh, it says this, and happy is she, Mary, who did believe, and here's why, for there shall be a completion to the things spoken to her from the Lord. Bye. 
is risen. Risen indeed. Let me teach you something. Christos. Say Christos. Anesti. Christos Anesti. You are uttering what is original to the Gospels, over 2,000 years old, repeated year after year. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. Yes, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And because that is true, and I was reflecting on that this morning, my life has been utterly changed. I am a different person. I am here standing in front of you because he is risen. Earlier we were saying, amen, amen, I'm alive because he lives. That couldn't be truer than it is true for me and my life. I've been changed because he lives. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 6, the disciples came to the tomb, and they were startled to find the stone rolled away. And they entered, and an angel said, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, how true it is, He is risen. And we are changed as a result. We have new life, real hope, true joy, great purpose, today and every day, because He lives. Father, we, we pray Your blessing the blessing of new life on each and every person here this morning. To the child and the adult. To those who suffer. And to those who have a broken heart this morning. To those who are full and come rejoicing. And to us all who come worshiping, seeking you, we pray your blessing to fall upon them in the resurrection power of he who lives, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his life and the reality of new life in him that we praise you this morning and we bring before you our heartfelt worship we remember who we are because of you and even who we can be because you live and father we offer this morning to you our praise as worship our tithes and our offerings our gifts to say thanks for we owe it all to you and it is in Jesus matchless name we pray and all of God's people said amen God bless you
note about the program. It's uh, designed as a worship participation experience, and there's a number of hymns in there. So you older folk, uh, you're going to need to carry those so that the ones next to you who aren't used to those will know how they go. So when you see italics, you're on, okay? Um, and we'll, we'll listen for you. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We've gathered today to proclaim to the whole world the power and hope of the mighty cross. It's because of what Jesus did there that our sins are forgiven and we can stand before the Father. Praise the Lord for the cross.
Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. We welcome our King and Savior into this place, and just as the crowds did when he rode into Jerusalem on that morning so long ago, we lift shouts of, Hosanna, save us, Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. To the King of glory and light, all praises to the only giver of life, our maker, and gates are open wide, we worship you. Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit.
we can never get over the cross. Every time we're reminded of Jesus taking our nails and bearing our sins, we're amazed all over again. We ask, how can it be that our God would die in our place? Yet scripture says the lamb that was slain was chosen before the foundation of the world and long before the cross was designed by cruel men. The prophet Isaiah wrote words that vividly paint a picture of our Savior there. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. There is a love so sure, nothing it can't endure. There is a life it brings that's greater than anything. I once was dead within, hollowed by all my sin, lost and so led astray. But your love reached all the way Your love reached all the way Oh, the wondrous cross Where the Prince of Glory died Oh, the glorious cross Where your mercy bled for us You overcame the grave Waiting to a world you
He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. The Apostle Paul declares in Galatians 6, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we are to live as believers. Our only claim to anything good or worthy or righteous is the cross and the blood of Christ shed there.
If you or I had made the plan, we might have sent a conqueror or a diplomat, a philosopher or maybe a theologian, but the only thing that could save us was a sacrifice.
God's plan to redeem us is incredible when you really think about it. Romans 5 says, At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
1 Corinthians chapter 1 makes it clear. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And if the cross seems foolish to those who don't believe, imagine their response when they hear, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here. He's risen, just as he said. If you are lost today, call out to Jesus right here, right now, and he'll save you. If you are saved, rejoice. Give thanks for the beautiful, wonderful, powerful cross of Jesus Christ. Let the lost be found, forgiven. Death could not hold him down. He's risen, so let the saints cry out. We worship you, we worship you. Hosanna, heroes from the grave, all and lives in heart.
I needed the cross of Christ. I really did. I needed the cross because of he who took my place on it. I needed him because of who he was to convince me to overcome the person that I was with God's great love. And everything that the cross is to me and means to me and my life, everything that it is, it is because of the resurrection. The Apostle John in the first letter that he wrote, the fifth chapter in the eleventh verse says, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, everlasting life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. I wanted to leave you with those few words, especially the life is in the Son. No matter where you are, when you're there, what you're going through, God has provided life. Not just life everlasting, but life that is life-changing. Life-changing wherever you are, whenever you're there, and it is in Jesus Christ because of the cross of Christ and the resurrection. Will you stand with me? Let me close this in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the new life that is ours, that you have given in the person of Jesus Christ, in your Son. We are so in awe of such love, such grace and mercy, such forgiveness. But it is in the truth of what you've done that we, in believing, in accepting, in recognizing it, know great joy, new hope, real change, and life in all of its fullness. And so it is that we praise you and we praise the name of your matchless Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is in his name we pray, and all of God's people said, God bless you. Christos Anesti. <laughs>